entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. Now more than ever, you need to have a plan in place to uh, make sure your business not only survives, but thrives. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business strategist on a mission. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees profitability and guides their growth. And I want to share some strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. So I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Elizabeth Pampalone, and she is an international speaker, successful entrepreneur, and expert marketer with over 20 years of experience. You can't tell by looking at her. Her innovative approach helps overwhelmed business owners and burnt out nonprofit directors to achieve success freedom, and freedom through the power of absolute marketing. So welcome to Profit with a Plan podcast, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Great. Well, I'm super excited. And I have to say, I've been feeling a bit overwhelmed with my marketing. Um, You know, it's such an essential part of business, but yet we don't manage it and we don't understand it well enough. And there comes the overwhelm. I understand you have a system that'll make it a whole lot easier. Yes, I actually developed it for myself because I was running 13 networking groups that met once to twice a month, and I was also running two businesses at the time. So it was chaotic, and I needed a way to basically do all of it and be in two places at once. Love it. Okay, so when we talk about marketing, we talk we think about you know, getting our ideal client, but it's, it's a lot more than that, right? Yeah. And the way that I approach marketing is a little different. You know, there's a lot of gurus out there and I tell people, if you're following one, just follow them. Like, don't, (laughs) don't listen to me. Just ignore what I'm saying (laughs) because you want to listen to one voice. That's going to give you the best information. So even though we might have differing opinions, that person's voice that you're listening to is going to give you a plan, a strategy, and a way to do things. But if you try to piece parts of what I say and parts of what other people say together, it can be really confusing, very overwhelming, and nothing is really going to work correctly because you've compiled all these different pieces together that don't really fit. So definitely with marketing, I try to get people to at least start with one person that they kind of think, hey, that's a great idea. I think I could do that, or I think that could work for me. And then kind of move from there. And like I said, I do things a little differently. I actually create one year of marketing in five days. Really? That's amazing. Okay. So you're going to share us some of those ideas, right? Because nobody wants to spend all, you know, 24 seven on marketing because they've got to work in their business as well as on their business. So what are some of the ideas that you do that you can manage to get it done in five days? Well, the first piece, um, I'll kind of go through the five days so you can kind of get an overview real quick. So the five days are branding, website, social media, blogging, and email marketing. And there's a lot that goes into each one of those. I mean, we literally build a website in an entire day. So it's start to finish from scratch, blank page, starting starting over (laughs) uh, in one day. And I really feel that, you know, getting something done in a day is very, very helpful for a lot of people. It gives them this sense of accomplishment. It gives you this freedom. It gives you this like, okay, it's done now. I don't have to worry about it. That relief. Check. You know, it's off my plate. 
Exactly. So I believe that anything that you have to do, whether it's, you know, writing blogs or doing social media posts, refixing your website, rebuilding your website, those kind of things should only take a small amount of time. They shouldn't take weeks and weeks. I actually was speaking with a client the other day and she was asking me about my process and like, well, how does this work? And, and she said, well, I've been through this many, many times and it's taken weeks and weeks and weeks. And I don't know how you can get it done in a day. And my response was about Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law says that if a task given a certain amount of time, the work will fill that time. So if you say, Mm. it's going to take four weeks to build your website, the work will expand to fill four weeks. It will just happen. But if you say, we're going to do this in eight hours, then it will fill that time and it will be enough. And so I find that happens with a lot of marketing tasks, a lot of business tasks. Uh, If you say, I'm going to give myself an hour to answer emails, it's going to take you an hour. (laughs) Um, But if you say you give yourself 15 minutes, you, you could probably do it in 15 minutes. And, you know, you might not get to some of the deep, deep down ones, you know, but you're going to get to the ones that you know are the most important because you only have 15 minutes. So it's kind of that idea. Um, I love that. I think that is really the essence of time management is just allotting that time. When you carry a bigger purse, you put more crap in the purse. You know, it's that philosophy. I love that. So this is a perfect example. Um, I have a client that um, was trying to get me some stuff and it kept delaying and delaying and delaying and delaying because they didn't put the energy or just set the time block to get it done. And so ah, I like that a lot. I'm going to have to steal that. So thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's applicable in a lot of different areas. Um, and we do this in our lives and we don't really realize it. So, mm-hmm. you know, when we're driving somewhere, we'll put a podcast on that's the length of time we have to drive. Um, and we know that it will fill that time, but we don't do it consciously in a way where we're like, okay, I'm driving 22 minutes and I know this podcast is 26 minutes, but I will stay in the car three extra minutes. You know, like you're not, you're not calculating all the stuff in your brain. You're just doing it because it just makes sense to do it that way. And I feel like in business, we get lost with that. And same thing with marketing. You know, we, we get all these ideas about what marketing should be, and we don't really look at it for the way that is like practical and realistic. And if we think about it, a lot of us are our own demographic. You know, I'm in my own demographic. I serve people who I, I was, I'm in the community, right, that I serve. And I saw a need, a gap, and I filled it. And so mm-hmm. everything that I do, I look at it and say, post, would I, re, you know, resonate with those kind of things? Um, because I am in the demographic. And if I don't, then obviously that's out the window. I shouldn't do it. Even though a guru or, you know, some crazy person might be like, oh my gosh. No, not necessarily. It's about my audience and the target and who I'm actually serving. What is going to serve them best? Wow. That's great. Um, Really good words of wisdom here about what we can do. So now let's go back to your conversation of the five things that you need to do and how you can get them done in five days. So we've got the one day on the website, but you mentioned branding and um, what were the other three? Um, Email and... Yeah, branding, website, um, social media, email and blogging. Okay, okay. So um, when we're looking at these kind of things, um, how important is a brand really? You know, if it's just kind of a logo... I put it first because I think it's the most important. 
And a lot of people will say, I've got a brand, don't need to worry about that day. Just skip that and move on. I need the website. That's where they go straight for it. Or I need all the social media. They go straight there too. So they'll try and skip the first two days or the first day. And I can't, I can't in good conscience let them do that because the brand to me is the foundation of everything else. If the brand is correct, everything else falls into place. It's just like dominoes. You just touch it, it's right down the, you know, down the line. So if you're struggling blogging, if you're struggling with email, it's probably because your brand isn't right. If your website isn't converting, your brand's probably not right. There's a lot of things about the brand that need to come forward. Um, and the message is, is one of them. And, you know, I'm a marketer, but, you know, marketers need marketers. <laughs> and we all it's do. even a struggle for me, you know, like um, it's even a struggle sometimes to find that message. But when you can sit with someone who has that outside perspective and can go, I'm hearing this as a consumer, but you're telling me, you're telling me this, but I'm hearing something different, you know? And so that's a huge piece. And I, I love sitting with clients and, and being the consumer, you know, I'm a marketer also, but I'm the consumer. I'm sitting there hearing this usually for the first time. I don't research my clients a lot. They think I'm crazy for not prepping. And I said, no, I need to hear it straight from you. I need to ask you the questions as if I've never heard of what you do before. I, I, know, I don't understand it at all. And it's such a clarifying thing for them to answer these questions because they'll answer them in their, oh, it's this and this, you know, their rote way that they've always answered the question. But then when I have a question back, like, wait, why, why are we doing that? Or why is it, why is it this way? Or why did you say that? Or, you know, I'm just asking these clarifying questions. They're like, well, that's what we say. That's mm -hmm. what everybody in the industry says, or that's how we explain it. And I'm thinking, but as a consumer, that doesn't mean anything to me, or it, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't resonate with me. So I try to put myself in their, their person's shoes. What is that person thinking, feeling, reacting to? What's their situation in life? And then hear their answers as that person, hear their, um, their responses as that person, as if I've never heard of them before. And like it really that. brings out a lot of stuff for the brand that we can use on the website, in the blogs, all that stuff. It all kind of dominoes down. I love it. You know, um, I, I heard from somebody else that that when we're in our when we're in our normal way and we're not thinking, we use a lot of techno babble. We use a lot of you know slang or or words that that we understand, but our client doesn't understand that. And and I think that is so important to flesh out in the branding situation and the messages that you say is making sure that you're talking to your client in the language that your client understands because who cares marketing it's all it's what's in it for me from the consumer's perspective and and so many people miss that it's all like oh look at me I'm this and here's my credentials and all the stuff that I do and you know here's here's the how and and all those things get in the way when you're when you think about it from the consumer point, they don't care how you do it. They just want to know that it gets done. Yeah. And they also want to know, they want to feel reassured. They want to feel like you understand them. You hear them. One of my clients is a doctor and her tagline is, is amazing. I want to use it like with every client because it's, it's so true. <laughs> let me hear, let me hear. It says be seen and feel heard. And it's hmm. just about how doctors, they see you. And then they're gone. They're there for five minutes and they're gone. And she's like, 
we have conversations here. This is not a typical, you know, doctor patient relationship. And I just feel like that a lot of clients need to have that in front of them. You know, my clients for their, for their businesses, they need to have that in front of them that they need to see their clients and they need to hear their clients. So, and then a lot of us, and like I said, I even fall into this little pit myself sometimes, like it doesn't always happen that way because we're so focused on what can I do for you? How can I help you? Let me give you these tips. And like you said, it gets in the way of actually connecting with the person on the level where they are, not where you think they could be or where you know their potential is taking them or where you see them down the road. Cause we can always see things way further than our clients can. Our clients are like this, right. And they can't, no, it's too close. And so we can always see the end of the tunnel, the light, we see all of it. And they're like, I don't get, I don't see that. And so you have to meet them in that kind of, I would say in most cases, the dark place yeah. <laughs> you know, in the dark and you're like, I have a lantern, you know, but we usually just try to like shine the flashlight right in their face. Like, look, there's light. And they're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and, and all that discovery, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm correct here, all that discovery is done during the branding phase, right? Yep. Yep. See, that's why it cannot be missed. <laughs> that's why you can't jump to, you know, I get the same thing. So I'm a, a, I'm a business strategist and planner and people come to me and they want these sexy ideas and these strategies and these things out here. And when I look inside their business, I'm like, wow, you're missing the foundation. And so we have to go back and lay out the foundation. And once that foundation's there, then we can start putting in those sexy, fun ideas and the strategies. And then they're like, Wow. And it rocket launches them. But it's the same thing with marketing is you've got to go back to the basics mm-hmm. and and really get that clarity. Um, God, you, you are talking my language, my friend. I'm loving this. <laughs> All right. So after the branding and we've got the website. So now we've got the language. We know who our ideal client is. We're, we're really figuring out what it is that we're doing and who we're serving. So then we go into the website Tell me about the website. Does it really need to be all that and 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 more, or can it just be a simple brochure type website? What's what's your thoughts on that? I build a lot of brochure sites um, for a lot of clients that I work with. They're a lot of service based clients. Some of them are product based. So then, of course, we have stores and things like that. Um, but a lot of them are, are you know, what do you consider brochure? Um, but I tell people, if you're not going to put the effort into the site to make it convert, then there's, then you might as well just literally print a brochure and hand it to somebody because that's what it is. It's, it's just sitting there on a table until someone picks it up and actually does something with it. Mm -hmm. And by convert, I believe that your site should take people on a journey. It should lead them through, not in a, there's only one way to go through the site, but in a start here or maybe you like this and you want to start here, or maybe this appeals to you and you want to start here. And that will lead them on a journey of its own, kind of choose your own adventure idea. Um, mm. But that every page should have that that next step on it. And that's very, very important. And a lot of people miss that. They'll just make a page. It's my about page. It has my picture, my bio, and that's it. Move to the next page. And then, you know, it's just very like brochure-like, right? So it's just, here's a picture, here's some words, done. But I believe that even on your bio page, it should lead to something else. It should take me to that next level. So, um, you know, I believe that there's like a story that needs to be told and a, and a 
a story that you need to take that person on a journey, but not forcing them into, which I don't really like the start here paid. Like, you know, it's just a little bit too confining for me as a person. Like I like to be creative and click everywhere. So I like to kind of let people have that creativity of, yeah, there might be a, you want to start here section, but there's also other avenues I can take as a person to feel creative or feel like I'm leading and they're not leading me. And and you made some really valid points here that, you know, um, a lot of people suffer with flatness, you know, it's like, here's the thing and read it and done. There's no, there's no next step. There's no, you're not leading them anywhere. There's no call to action and a call to action doesn't have to mean buy me now, but it's right. what's the next move that you want them to make. And, um, I've had guests on here tell me that it, it, it takes literally 12 times to, to see something before they make a decision. So you want to give them potentially 12 different places where they can start to experience you and feel you and build up the things. So I love the journey idea. But when you go to the About Me page, it's about, now what's next? So here, go over here and find out more about this or learn what I did here or, or something along those lines. Good stuff. Like it. And that's one of the reasons that I, I do this five-day system. You know, you mentioned the 12 touches. Because it takes, t- you know, 10 to 12 touches for a person to remember, to, to start to take action, to even start to take, to even think about taking action. Then I want this system to, and this is what I've, I've done with myself, I've done it with my other clients. It's really a system that is, you are in two places at once. You are out there on social media. You're out there blogging. Your website is pushing for you. You're it's a, like a 24 hour salesman. Like you have these things. Your emails are going out. Your lead magnet is working. All these things are pushing out for you. They're doing that outbound marketing so mm-hmm. that you can do the inbound marketing where you're going to and having phone calls with people. You're reaching out. You're doing more discovery calls because the average person, the average entrepreneur, takes about 20 hours a week to market. That's about 20 hours a week. That's the average. It was a study that was done a couple of years ago. And I was like, that is insane because we already work 40 hours. Most of us. Plus that's, why we, 20. that's why we have 100, 100 hour weeks. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I was thinking to myself, if you took out that 20 hours, or even let's say it was 10 or 15 hours, you know, let's, let's give us ourselves a little break, right? 10 or 15 hours a week for an entire year. How many more discovery calls could you do? How many more, what we used to call press the flesh, right? Before COVID, before we were out there networking and everything. How many more of those types of events or meetings or phone calls or in-person chats could you have if you weren't sitting here worrying about what am I going to post on social media today? Hmm. Hmm. Good point. Good point. I love it. Okay. So we've got our website and our website's working and optimized. Um, You mentioned now social media. So talk to me a little bit about social media. How can we plan that out for a whole year in one day? Well, a lot of people are on the wrong platform. Oh, that is the number one thing I see. There are people who are focused on Instagram who shouldn't be. There are people who are ignoring Pinterest who shouldn't be. <laughs> so there's a lot there. Um, and especially with, with product-based businesses, people are 10% more likely to purchase from Pinterest. So if you have a product, that is definitely the way to go, um, especially if it's an online sale where they can, you know, can be shipped. Um, I, with social media, there are, there are so many platforms right now. And I believe, and this is just what I've seen work for most people and for myself even, um, is that two to three is like your max. 
I see people being on like 10, eight, like they're trying to do everything. And it's just not possible. And also the, the piece that I find the most interesting is that no one researches demographics. Hmm. So for example, I would not probably take my business of marketing, I, you know, into a senior center. Most senior adults, the seniors, they're not, they're retired. They've already been through the business deal. They want to play, you know, Bunko and they want to like, you know, have their dance classes and then that's it. They just, they don't play golf. They don't want to do these other things. So that's probably not my good demographic. And the senior center would probably not be great for me. But when it comes to social media, nobody pays attention to those things. And so I encourage people to research the social media demographics. Um, I actually wrote a book about this. It's an ebook that I have um, in my membership. And it lists out all the demographics of every different major social platform and what some of the more, like, more statistics on that are. Because you might be surprised that you might be spending a ton of time on Instagram and you might be surprised who it's serving as a majority user. So okay. there's a lot of things like that to, to research. You can also just Google it. There's a lot of, you have to kind of wade through a lot of the info though. Um, but there you can Google demographics for this platform, demographics for that platform and put the year. So people know, you know, you can kind of actually find the exact most current information. Um, but that's something that I find is one of the biggest um, problems is that people are trying to accommodate a platform that is not in their best interest. And then they're trying to accommodate eight of them, you know, or six of them or 10 of them. And it's just overwhelming and it's too much. And then also your, your content doesn't stretch between each one. If you're, let's say on Facebook and LinkedIn, that's the same content. I recommend using the same content there because they have the same properties, they have the same tools and all that stuff. So that's a great way to repurpose some content that those two audiences aren't really going to meet up. You're not mm-hmm. going to have people seeing duplicate stuff because they're not the same audiences at all. Right. Um, so those are those little things like that, that I try to, you know, work in and, and get people to realize that you have to kind of start with that. Who is my demographic going back to branding? Cause we know who our target market is through branding <laughs> and pulling that forward and saying, what's going to serve my clients in this demographic and where are they? I'm not going to try and play all the games. I'm just going to play two or three games really, really well and and focus on that. Yeah, you might get people that say, you should be on this, you should be on that. Just work on your two or three. Three's, three's a lot, two's good. <laughs> and really focus on getting those done really, really well. That makes total sense because yes, you can chase shiny objects and go play in TikTok or go play on Pinterest or go be, in, be Snapchat. You know, in Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, holy cow, you could be everywhere and nowhere at the same time, because you're not talking to your right audience. So let me ask you one little detail. What is a, first of all, we have to be consistent wherever we are, but how many times is too much or what's the right number for postings in social media these days? Is it daily? It 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 goes back to your audience. And you have to really look at not just the audience, but, you know, you talk about demographics, you say age, gender, location, education, marital status. You kind of look at that like normal Mm -hmm. list, right? Mm -hmm. That's the general one. Everybody knows that. When you write an avatar, you create an avatar, you fill all those in. Mm -hmm. But there's another section of that, which is psychographics. And not a lot of people go into that. You can can look that up. I've written stuff in my eBooks about that. But if you look at the psychographics, it really does hone in on their lifestyle. Ah. And that's where you get a lot of that posting information from is their lifestyle. And it's different for every single demographic group. 
Um, you're going to see married with kids, married without kids is going to be totally different, even though they're both married, you know, it's going to be different. So there's lots of factors that come into that, but definitely looking back to the demographic and really going deeper into what is their lifestyle like. I like that because I didn't even think about what are they doing and how many times are they on that platform? Because that's going to tell you when, you know, how many times to do it, but this is good stuff. This is really sharing great stuff. All right. So we've talked about the three biggies, um, your branding, your website, or your branding, your website and social media. So then let's talk about emails and then we'll wrap up with, um, with blogging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, email marketing is definitely not dead. Everybody thinks it's dead. It's not. (laughs) It's going to be around for a long time. And I actually have developed a little tool for myself that I noticed that when I started sending out emails, I would send them at all different times of the day to try and kind of find my spot where people were opening Mm -hmm. them. And what I found was 5 a.m. was the best. (laughs) 5 a.m. Okay. Yeah. 5 a.m. for me, for my clients, for my business, 5 a.m. was the best. And the reason for that was they would, people would, and this is my demographic again, they would get up. The first thing they do is check their email. (laughs) And so if you ask your clients, people that you already are, you know, people that are your ideal people anyway, if you ask them these questions, they're going to, you know, they're going to tell you. And sometimes if it's an older generation, they're going to say, I get up, brush my teeth go to the bathroom, get the dog out, get some coffee. And then I go check my phone, you know, and I sit with my coffee and my phone and like, they kind of give you their whole, like, right. Their whole morning, but they, this might be 6 a, you know, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m. They might be down into the day there, but some of the younger clients, the first thing they do is check the email. They don't even get out of bed yet. And they're checking email. Um, and then even younger, the first thing they do is check social media. And then you go even younger And sometimes their phone isn't even near them when they wake up. So you have to really look at the exact, you know, ideal client that you're working with and ask those questions. I know it seems anecdotal because you asked one person or two people do a survey. You know, you can use email to get a survey back, um, Mm -hmm. see when people are opening it, see when they answered it, but to ask just some simple questions, like when do you check your email? What's the first time you check your email during the day? Before you get out of bed, you know, when you, after your coffee, you know, like give them some options and then you'll be able to see my email needs to be sent just before that time and just above that time. Um, and so I really try and sometimes I'll send them in the middle of the day. Sometimes those will get better responses, but it really depends on the lifestyle again of my audience and my client and what are they doing and what is this email about? Same thing with the post. Like if my email or my post is about business stuff and I'm working with business clients, business to business, then middle of the day is work time. They're busy. They're doing work things. This is a work thing. They'll, you know, fold it in. Right. But if I send it at 8 PM, their family time, they're eating dinner. They are off. They are not checking that email. They should be. And if they, they should, right. (laughs) And they shouldn't be checking their email. They sometimes do, but they shouldn't be right. So it's not going to really, or they might look at it, and then like, oh, I've got something else. Or somebody you know, asked me a question. And, it's, and then it's just lost in the shuffle. So you want to look at the lifestyle again and really look at when you should send. But emails, I really think too, one thing at a time. Just one. People try to do newsletters. I really feel like that's so passe now. So old school. The newsletter overwhelms me as, as a, a millennial slash 
Gen X slash millennial or person. Um, I'm an older millennial. And so it overwhelms me, honestly. And I'll see a newsletter come through my email from a you know person I'm following or whatever. And I'm just like, I got one thing out of that. And it was probably you know the one thing they should have sent. <laughs> and, and, and that's the important thing. Um, in any marketing that we do, if we try and overwhelm them with, oh, try these three things, it's not. It's try this. Or this is this is the 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 belief I'm trying to change for you. This is the one thing, and I love that. That's so that's really really valuable comment on anything you do. It's one thing because mm-hmm. you can always come back tomorrow or two hours later or next week with number yeah. two or number three, and you're not overwhelming them. Good stuff. Really good stuff. All right, so um, no email newsletters check. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, right. One thing. And, um, the frequency on that is when you have something important to say, I think is, is, is the thing. And what, again, yeah. your demographics, how often they want to hear from you, because if you get pounded every day, you're going to get shut off. If you don't come enough, then they're going to, who, who are you? And so just that consistency thing going, um, based on your demographics, I'm loving this, Elizabeth, this is really good stuff. All right. Blogging. The last thing. And blogging is a universal term for a lot of different things, right? Yeah. And I I actually think blogging for me, just the way I describe it, is the blog on your website that's inside your site. You know, you click on it. You see a bunch of articles. It might be videos. It might be uh, written articles. It might be hybrid where it's a video and an article. It might be um, you describing something, explaining something, answering a question, can be a lot of different types of content. Um, But the blog is something that a lot of people will start out being consistent on and then fall by the wayside. And I find this a lot because it's so difficult to make yourself sit down and write if you're not a writer. Right. And And the writers get overwhelmed. A reader too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And even the writers, they'll get overwhelmed and they'll have the um, perfection paralysis and they'll want it to be every single word perfect because it's their writing and it's representing them. And then they'll get stuck too. So it, it everyone kind of gets stuck with blogging. I believe a blog should be very simple. Again, almost like the email thing. One thing. I just need to know one thing. I need to be explained one thing. And it's, you know, you're going to use it as an email. You're going to use it as a post. It's going to be a piece of content that is, you know, kind of replicates out there for you. Um, so you want to also take into consideration if it's going to be a post, you know, if it's going to go on your blog and then be sent out as a post on social, you go back to your social roles, right? If it's going to be a post and it's going to get sent out through your email list on, you know, post on your website and then sent out, then you go back to your email roles. So just taking those things into consideration, but using blogging as a way to create more touches, more content and creating, you know, 12 to 24 blog posts in a day is, is nothing when you have the, the rules in place and the, the mechanisms in place that you've built from day one all the way through to the end. Oh, you make it all sound so darn simple. <laughs> and, you know, if you just follow the, the, the rules and obviously you need some help to do this, um, but it sounds, it just sounds so simple when you put it all together like that, I can see how you can do it. So Elizabeth, this has been really, really juicy information. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm thinking, okay, now I need this because when I thought of blog, I thought writing, readers, nobody's reading anymore, but it can be so many different things and then repurposed in many ways. 
And it's um, good for your SEO. I mean, even transcripting your videos, writing a little little blurbs. I mean, you know, any kind of writing is going to help your SEO. Just a video alone, that's a YouTube, that's for YouTube. That's just not going to help your SEO that much. But if you do actually write something with the other content you're putting out, photos, video, whatever that is, it's going to help you tremendously with Google searches. And it's fresh and they love fresh stuff. Oh yeah. So that's great. Okay. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to go do a blog. Um, so <laughs> where do listeners, I mean, you've given me so many great ideas. So where do listeners find out more about you? Well, they can go to my website, which is getabsolutemarketing.com. And I actually have a free community there. You can sign up. It's at the very bottom of the page. It says join the community. And I have a lot of free resources in that community, uh, free eBooks and all kinds of stuff. So if you're if you're interested in learning more about that or joining a community of people who are doing this in their businesses on a daily basis, um, then you know join the community. And I'd love to say hi to you and chat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that this is so important. I mean, I've been talking for for years now, there are really only two things that you need to be able to do. And one of them is marketing. The other one's innovation. So you've got to continue to do this work all the time. And if you're not marketing, your business will die. And so finding a way to do it and still running your business by creating a year's full of marketing in one day or in five days, I mean, amazing, amazing content and and work. Elizabeth, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. I know our listeners have found um, many ideas that they can put in their business to help them be more profitable. And as always, um, we would love to hear back uh, your feedback on ideas, um, questions, comment on this podcast, because this is going to be great. And I'm sure Elizabeth will uh, be on there to answer any of your questions. So um, great having you on here. And as always, you can catch Profit With A Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for having me.